Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. I'd like to welcome all those in our South Campus. I'd like to welcome those in our Grovetown Campus, all those watching online uh, and on demand. It is a great day to be at church. Today is Father's Day, and so here's what I want. I want to start off. All the dads, the stepfathers, the grandfathers, and the great-grandfathers in this auditorium, South Campus, and at Grovetown, I want you to stand up. And I want you to remain standing, okay? All right. I want to pray over you, okay? Father, I just thank you so much for these men that are standing here uh, in our South Campus, our Grovetown Campus, right here in our Augusta Campus. And I just pray that you would move upon them, that you would anoint them to be the person or the people that you've called them to be. I pray for their families, Lord. I pray that you would bless them with peace and encouragement. God, we push back the darkness over them and we ask that you would give them strength. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, once again, welcome to the creek. And you know, if you've been here before, you know I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the the 16-year-old that was approaching his birthday? And he went to his dad and said, hey, dad, for my birthday, I think I'd like a new car. And the dad said, well, okay, let's just talk about that a minute. He said, if you will pull up your grades and make all A's, If you'll read the Bible, and if you'll cut your hair, then we can talk about it when you turn 16. And so the young man went to work. He pulled up his grades, and he made all A's that semester. He started reading his Bible every day. And on his birthday, he went to his dad. He said, I've done what you asked me to do. He said, I made all A's. I've been reading my Bible, and I'm ready to pick out a new car. He said, wait a minute. The third thing was you've got to cut your hair. He said, now, Dad, I've been reading in the Bible where Moses and Samson and John the Baptist and Jesus all had long hair. He said, you're right. And they walked everywhere they went. (laughs) So whether you walked here or you rode, we're glad that you're here today. Okay, it's Father's Day. So at least you're ready for just, can you, just one more, just one more. Did you hear about the, uh, the little boy that asked his dad for another full glass of water? His dad said, son, I've already given you 10 glasses of water. He said, I know, I know, but the bedroom is still on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny to me because that's kind of my story. When I was five years old, I remember being in my bedroom and uh, we had a lamp and I took the lampshade off of the lamp and I had a, a nice quilt, you know, patchwork quilt. And so I put that lamp 
underneath the quilt. And it's amazing all the colors that would shine when you put the lamp underneath the quilt. As I am doing that, in the living room, I hear the Beverly Hillbillies coming on TV. This is a true story. And so I immediately ran to the living room uh, to watch television. A few minutes later, my mom came running through the house. And I said, I smell smoke. And she went in the kitchen. She went in the laundry room. Uh, and then she opened the door to my bedroom and flames were hitting the ceiling. She started screaming, the house is on fire. The house is on fire. And she said, get out. And I said, no, I'm watching TV. And uh, she grabbed me up and uh, went outside. And then the big red trucks showed up and and the fire department put the fire out. Now, the interesting thing was the fire department determined that it was an electrical fire. I don't know if I've ever come clean on that before. <laughs> That's true. But my mom's past and my dad has a little bit of dementia. He won't remember anyway. <laughs> but that is a, a true story. Needless to say, that day, a lot of hometown heroes showed up at our house. Today, we're starting a, a new series called Heroes, and over the next several weeks, we're going to be opening up the pages of, of the Bible, and we're going to look at some heroes of the faith. I believe that, uh, that these stories will help us, uh, encourage us, and inspire us to truly be heroes along the way. In today's world, we often think about heroes as being some type of sports figure or some type of celebrity. But a real hero is someone who sacrifices not for himself, but for others. A real hero is that person that thinks about others. And I believe that this room is filled with heroes. It's filled with dad and father figures and spiritual influencers who give of their lives so that other people can be better. I see it all the time. You know, when you call somebody a hero because of something they've done, um, that's natural. But it's also, uh, you can, they can be a hero because of something they have said. And today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about a man named Jethro. And most of you probably have never heard of Jethro. In fact, he was one of those behind-the-scenes heroes. He was an influencer he was a spiritual father to one of the greatest leaders of all time, and that is the uh, man Moses. Next week, Pastor Dave's going to talk about the life of Moses. But, you know, I don't believe that we would be talking about Moses had it not been for Jethro. Jethro was Moses' father-in-law, and in Exodus 18, we see how he became a father figure and a spiritual father for Moses as he led the children of Israel. Now, just a little context. Moses' natural father passed away eight years before Moses stepped up to lead the children of Israel. Now, this was a, a monumental task. He was leading two million people out of Egyptian slavery through the wilderness to the promised land. Now, I would imagine that many days during that journey that he probably felt, God, what am I got myself into? Uh, and I would imagine that he felt awful, uh, very lonely at times, probably like some of you today, that you come here and we're celebrating Father's Day, but yet your father's not here. Maybe your father's passed away, or maybe uh, your family's gone through a divorce, or maybe... Uh, your father is incarcerated, and, and there's just this 
this loneliness inside and you feel like you want to celebrate but yet you don't feel like celebrating. I think about our, our campus pastor at our South Campus, Pastor Branton right now, and all those in our South Campus. Pastor Branton just lost his father this past week and had the funeral on Thursday. So, uh, and no doubt, Branton, you are in that congregation and you are being a pastor today, but yet on the inside, I know how you feel. You feel like that there's something that is missing. We all go through those seasons where there's something, and, and Moses was going through that, and you, you wrestle, and you try to fill that void or, or that, that pain on the inside. I want to give a word of encouragement that God is here with you. No matter what you're going through, what are you faced with, you are not alone. In fact, this is the words of Psalm chapter 68. He said, he is a father of the fatherless. He is a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling for God sets the lonely in families. We have a spiritual family here at Stevens Creek Church. We are a part of God's family. It's a spiritual family. And God has a way of, of bringing people and putting them in the church. And in doing so, you, you sense that you're part of, of a greater family. That's what God did for Moses. God raised up Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, to be a spiritual father for him to help him learn how to lead. And in this case, I believe that Jethro became a hero. Not for what he did, but for what he said to Moses along the way. He became one of the uh, spiritual fathers or spiritual influencers uh, to to the greatest leader of all time, or one of the greatest, Moses. So what is a spiritual father? A spiritual father provides wisdom and guidance. A spiritual father provides wisdom and guidance. He is present on big days, on bad days, and in times when big decisions are being made. So think about that. He shows up. He shows up on big days, bad days, and when big decisions are being made. Well, when we start reading in Exodus 18, you'll see this was a very bad day for Moses. And Jethro stepped into the chaos. At this point in Moses' life, he was overwhelmed with his responsibilities. And in fact, at this point in his life, he was the only one that stood as the judge of the nation. And so people would line up early in the morning and stay in line all day long just to have a moment with Moses, just to have his insight, his judgment, his wisdom. And so it grew to the point where Moses is operating far beyond his physical capacity to keep up. So with that in mind, we pick up the uh, Bible to Exodus 18, verses 14 and following. It says, when his father-in-law, that is Jethro, when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning unto evening? Now Moses answered him. He said, because these people come to me and uh, they, they're seeking God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties, and I inform them of God's decrees and God's instructions. 
Moses was operating beyond his physical capacity to keep up with it. But for whatever reason, he didn't see it. He was blinded to the fact he couldn't see it. As we would say today, or as I would often say, that Moses was in the weeds. He was so stuck in the weeds. Sometimes it's clear to everybody else but you. Maybe you're in a situation and all people around you, they know exactly what you need to do. But for whatever reason, you're just blinded to that fact. You can't see the next move because you are so in the weeds. That's where Moses was. He was in the weeds and he just couldn't see beyond that. It's like he had a different point of view. Do you hear about the young mom who left her room in the hospital to, to go down to the nursery to see her newborn baby? She's walking down the hall and she turned the corner to where all the babies are being kept. She saw her husband standing over there looking in the glass, looking down at his sweet little newborn she was just, as a young mom, hormonal and everything, she was just overwhelmed with just love for her husband. And so she didn't want to break up that moment, that special moment that he was having with the, his child. So she tipped over to him. She put her arms around him and, and, and hugged him tight and said, Honey, what are you thinking? He said, I just can't understand how they're able to make a crib like that for eighty nine ninety five. Sometimes you just don't get it. You get, you've got your mind focused on one thing when somebody else is thinking something else. That's like all the time in some households. But in that moment, you think you are seeing one thing and everybody else is seeing something else. You're looking at the wrong thing. Je Jethro could see that Moses was working too much. And he was headed for trouble, but Moses couldn't see that. So Jethro had this choice. He had a choice that he could speak up and say something to Moses or not, or just ignore it and just turn and act like he didn't see anything and just walk on. And so Jethro loved Moses enough to say something. Next verse, Jethro said, what you're doing, Moses, is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. You ever felt worn out? You ever felt like just, you're just worn out? You go to sleep, you sleep all night, and you wake up tired. That's how. He said, you're just going to wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you, and you cannot handle this work alone. Now, it took some guts for Jethro to speak into Moses' life. But he loved his son-in-law so much that he was willing to do that. Now, on the other hand, Moses had to be at a place where he was willing to receive that, uh, that word, willing to receive that, in, that wisdom that was given to him. I believe that we are talking about Moses this week because he was humble enough to receive the instruction. Because you see, it's in his humility that he received that, that he, that he gained insight and wisdom. Now, as Jethro spoke to him, Jethro said four things to Moses that day. First of all, he said, Moses, you need to find a sustainable pace. 
You need to find a rhythm. You need to find a sustainable pace. Jethro didn't uh, pull any punches. He is saying this. Look, you cannot work 12 hours a day, six days a week, and survive. Something eventually is going to give out. Either your health or your sanity or, or your family, your career, or your legacy. You are going to wear yourself out, and when you wear yourself out, you're not going to be good to anybody. So for your sake and for their sake, you need to realize, Moses, that what you're doing is not working. And if you continue to do this, you won't survive. Now, here's what I know. All of us here, all of us in Grovetown and South Campus, all of us, we have an opportunity to live very busy lives. And there are times when your schedule and my schedule can get out of control, when your priorities can be compromised. And in those situations, you find yourself in the a similar situation to what Moses is in at this time. The, you're in the danger zone, the danger zone of wearing yourself out. I believe this summer is an opportunity for you, an opportunity for you to change the way that you're living. As you look at the fall, as you look toward the end of the year, I want you to start pruning your schedule. Look at those things that are really important. Look at those things that are producing fruit. And embrace that. But then you need to prune. You need to cut away those things that are not producing fruit. At the office. Some of you will go into the office. And uh, there are things in your office that are simply wasting your time. And you are spending too much time on things that really do not matter. You need to cut that out. You need to... Cut that out and focus on those things that are profitable, those things that matter. In your personal life, there's some things you need to cut out. There's some things that you need to stop doing. You say, well, I can't. I just can't stop doing that. Well, you can do that. You can stop. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because there is a power inside. The power of Jesus is going to give you the strength to stop doing some things. You've got to trust him to do what you cannot do. And in fact, listen to the words of Philippians chapter 4 and 13. I can do everything through him who strengthens me. And we understand that in Christ we have power. So power and strength to cut those things out that we need to cut out. Because we need a sustainable pace. Here's the second thing. Jethro's looking at his father-in-law at his son-in-law, excuse me. And he said, I want you to find your unique calling. Find your unique calling. Jethro recognized that Moses could do a lot of things well, but he, there was something unique about him. Those things where only he could do, that he could provide significant value. Verse 19, he said, listen now to me, and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God, and you must bring their disputes to him. I want you to teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they're to live and how they're to behave. What he's saying 
is Moses, look at your life. God has anointed you. He's equipped you. You need to just, you need to focus on these things. Be the people's representatives before God. Be a man of prayer. You can accomplish more on your knees than you can any other time of the day. Be the people's representative before God. Uh, be a teacher. Teach them to decrees and then model faith. Model what it means to be a God follower. And so what Jethro was saying to Moses is, Moses, you need to offload some of these things that other people can do, and you need to focus on those things that you're uniquely called and you are uniquely gifted to do. Now, the same thing is true for you. Every once in a while, you need to step back and look at your life and look at your gifts and spiritual gifts and look at your uh, abilities your natural talents, you need to look at your experiences, you need to understand your personality, and you need to see what God has given you this opportunity, your experiences, what he has given you this opportunity to do. And focus on that. Focus on that. I've met so many people who are miserable in their life because they're looking to their employment to meet those needs of significance. And the truth of the matter is, some of you are working in a job that does not use or appreciate or value your natural talents or abilities or your experiences. You're just doing a job. And you're thinking, okay, if I can just do three more years, then I'm going to retire. And I'm saying to you, do three more years and retire. But I want you to find that place where you can use what God has given you. I believe the church is a great place for that. Where you can use your gifts and your talents and your abilities to serve Christ and his church to make a difference in the lives of people and the lives of people in this community. Because God has wired you this way. He has called you. And that's what Jethro is saying to Moses. You're called. You're uniquely called. I meet so many people who are frustrated because they are living out a script that was written for somebody else. You need to find that script that was written for you. You need to find your purpose, your calling. Figure out what you love to do, what God has given you a heart to do. Jethro told Moses, you need to offload those things so that other people can do that, and you need to focus on the things that only you can do. But then he goes on, verse 21, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them. Appoint them as officials over thousands, over hundreds, over fifties, and over tens. What's he saying? He said, Moses, you need to find the right people. You need to find the right people. You need to build a team. You need to build a team. This is a word to a lot of folks here. Not only in church work do you need to build teams, but even uh, in your work in the community, your work in the marketplace, your school, your uh, business will be stronger if you encourage and if you build better teams. And so just think about that. This is where Jethro gets really practical, though. Practical, though. 
he gently rebukes Moses and said, you know, you think you're the only one that can do this job. You need to find some leaders that you can trust and you need to share the load. You need to share the load. That's important. You need to share the load. Now, over the years, I've not done, uh, I've done a lot of things that I'd like to do over. That Let's say that it's just not, I have not done well. But there, there's one or two things that I have done well over the years. And one of those things is I built, Patty and I built a great team, um, a staff here and volunteers. That this church is well led because of so many people right here like you. And it's so important that we understand that. If I, I believe that if I drop dead tomorrow, Stevens Creek Church will be strong. It'll be strong because of the level of leaders that we have in our church and our campuses across the city. And that's so important that we do that. It's so important that we all build strong teams. And for you, it may be a family team, that you look at your family as a team and that you want to pour into that and to build that. Some of you are managers, your leaders, your business owners. It is important that you build strong teams. You say, Marty, what, what, what's your grid? When I start thinking about adding to a team member to uh, the staff, to volunteers or so forth, I think about um, the three C's or maybe the four C's. First of all, I want people with character. I want people who uh, live out truth, the truth of Jesus. I want people who are the same when I am with them face-to-face and then when they're not, we're not together, that they live out their faith. I want people of character. I want people that are competent. I want people that know what they're doing and that they want to strengthen uh, their abilities. They want to grow. I want competent people. I look for people with character. I look for people with competency. I look for people with chemistry. There has to be, for a team to be strong, you've got to have chemistry on the team. And so if, if you don't get along with people on your team, you're not going to be productive. And some of you are saying, go ahead, preach it, Marty, because, man, my work team is so dysfunctional. Well, probably so. But you need to try to work to bring chemistry to that team. I think the fourth C for me is I look for calling. Is there a calling? Is there an anointing on, on your life? And so when you start to put that together, you, you can start to find a grid to start to build the team you need. Now, Jethro was very practical And he understood that the span of care for an individual was about 10 people. And so he established a a, a systematic hierarchy with different levels of responsibility. And he provided an outline, verse 21. He said, select capable men. Appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all time. This isn't rocket science. It's not a bureaucracy. It's about building up people. It's about giving them authority and providing them opportunities for them to grow. When I think about Stevens Creek Church, I think about my passion for the next generation. When I see these kids dance on this stage today and, and, um, and I see the, the kids at our Grovetown campus and I see the kids at our South campus, it gives me hope 
that the work that we are uh, a part of is going to continue to the next generation. It is so important that we start thinking legacy, that we provide opportunities for others. Here's the fourth thing that Jethro uh, said to Moses. I want you to be willing to share the load. I want you to do those things uh, that other people could not do. Verse 22, he said, have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring the difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. Notice this, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. That will make your load lighter. There are some of you that walked in this building today and you walked in carrying a heavy load. And you've gone through this service and you just feel the weight, the weight of life, the weight of this decision you've got to make, the, the weight of this relationship and, or this project, and you're just carrying this heavy load. I want you to give it over to the Lord, but not only that, I want you to look at your life and I want you to be, uh, ask God to show you those things that you need to do to make your load lighter. God is interested in that. It wouldn't be in the Bible otherwise. He sent Jethro to talk to Moses so that Moses could have a life change and that load could be lifted off of him. Look, the most spiritual thing that some of you could do this week is to stop doing something. Just stop it. Those things uh, that you don't need to be doing, you need to share the responsibility. You need to share the authority. You need to share the load. Jethro concluded his session with Moses by saying, if you do this and God so commands you will be able to stand the strain and all of these people will go home satisfied. Notice that, stand the strain. We talk about the strain and stress all the time. And I'm not talking about a world where there's no stress and strain. I am talking about the real world and you and I have to learn how to manage the stress and how to manage the strain here. And, the, and God sent Jethro to speak to Moses so that he could offload some of these things so that he could stand the strain and that, so that people can be satisfied. I believe that Moses grew into the leader that we know because he embraced the guidelines and these principles that, that Jethro presented to him. So let's go back to a spiritual father. Spiritual fathers show up. Spiritual influencers, spiritual mentors, they show up. They show up on big days. They show up on bad days and when big decisions need to be made. But spiritual sons and spiritual daughters, they listen up. They listen up. They, they say, God, I want you to speak to me. And they're humble enough that when God prompts and God speaks, that they're going to receive what God has for them. As we prepare for closing prayer, I want to 
talk to you about that. It is my desire here at the creek to help you be attentive to God's promptings and God's voice. I believe that God has brought spiritual influencers into your life, or he's going to do that even this week. Influencers that are encouraged you to do the right thing. Influencers that are encouraged you to grow, to embrace your purpose, to listen to the voice of God when he prompts. But here's something else. You've got to be willing to receive what those individuals say over you. You need to receive God's word in your life. And when you receive God's word in your life, you need to be willing to step out in faith and follow God's promptings. We're going to pray. And we're going to pray that God speaks to us. And our response to God's promptings is, God, I'm giving you my life. Speak to me, and I will do what you want me to do. And if you come to God with that type of attitude, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm telling you, the doors of your life will be opened even wider. I want to pray over you. So let's stand in this auditorium in our Grovetown campus. South Campus, and I just want to pray over you. And as I pray, I just want you to come to the place where you say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. Some of you are so confused about your future because you're listening to so many voices, voices of of people who don't even know you. And God knows you by name, and I want you to focus on his voice. Some of you feel stuck. And it's like that you take two or three steps forward and then you find yourself sliding backwards. It's like there's never any progress. Today, I am praying that those things that are holding you back, whatever those things are, that those things would be taken off of your life, that those like chains would be broken, that you can be free. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you dads that you are here and your desire is just to be the spiritual leader of your household. I'm praying that God anoints you with his power and his spirit and your life is changed today. So but you've got to come to the place where you say, God, Whatever you have for me, I want it. I receive it. Okay? So let's pray. You can bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over our congregation. I pray over the parents here. I pray over, oh Lord, uh, families in this church. That you would touch families, families that are hurting, families that are suffered loss, families that are confused, families that are broken. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would release healing upon families here, that you would strengthen moms and strengthen dads. God, that you would protect our children. God, have mercy upon our families and let your spirit go before us. 
I pray, Father, not only for families, but I pray, God, for people who are not feeling well, people who are sick, people who are suffering, people today who need a healing touch. And so if that's you, I just want you to receive this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for healing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray that this sickness, this disease, whatever it may be, this pain, that it would be removed. That we stand on your word, that by your stripes we are healed. Now, Father, I pray in addition for that, I pray for financial healing on the families that are suffering today. God, that they're behind in their payments. They're behind um, on their mortgage. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would make a way where there's no way. And that, God, that you would bless them in ways that can only be understood by spirit-filled believers that they see the hand of the Lord opening these doors. Now, Lord, we receive what you have for us. I want you to say that. Say, God, I receive. Say that. God, I receive. Let me hear you in Grovetown. God, I receive what you have for me. Say, God, I receive what you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thanks so much for being here. It's my prayer that God blesses you this week. We'll continue the series uh, next week of the heroes. Be blessed. Have a good week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.